think it's been a very, very rich service so far. There's been so much uh, <laughs> to think about and so much to do, and I'm going to throw more at you. Um, I had a dream last night that um, we were somewhere else having this service, and there was a coffee break, and uh, I got held up at the coffee break and missed doing the preach. <laughs> <laughs> and then got told off by Dave. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, oh dear. So anyway... Um, I can't remember what the title's called. I should have, what, no, what, not what the title, what the series is. But anyway, today the, the, um, we're, we're talking about is Jesus the Son of God? We're, we're looking through Matthew and is uh, Jesus the Son of God? Um, so, uh, and, and we're looking particularly at the, the passage that I've been given is particularly the temptations. So it's been really interesting exploring this. Um, but just starting off, there's, there's a, a, a book that I read a while ago, a, a kind of business marketing book called Start With Why. And um, the, the premise is that often whenever we're thinking about a service or product or whatever, we start with the how and the what, you know, how this works or what this does or what it's about. But the author, Seth Gooden, actually argues that we should start with why. What's the vision behind what we're doing and what the product stands for? And that it's what captures people's attention, and then it then follows the, the what and the how. And um, I was thinking about the, the Gospels, the stories of the life of Jesus, and um, we know the what of the, of the Gospels, the, the, the stories of the life of Jesus, and, um, you know, there's all the great teaching and miracles that he did. That's the what. And the how, um, you know, he was an itinerant preacher. He gathered a motley bunch of disciples around him. Um, he challenged the status quo. But in order to really understand the Gospels and the content of the Gospels, we need to look at the why. Uh, why were they written? So for Luke, um, he says at the beginning, you can be certain of the truth of everything that you were taught. Um, and John is even more explicit. Yes, thank you. I'd forgotten about the PowerPoint. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, at the end of the book, he says, these are written that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by in, believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. So the why, the, the filter that we look through and the content of the Gospels is about proving that Jesus is the Son of God. So what does that being the Son of God mean? Um, John tells us that Jesus existed in the beginning with God and, and was God, but he became human and he made his home among us. And um, there's a passage in Philippians that we all know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, and I think that's the next slide. No, it's not. Um, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He emptied himself and appeared in human form and humbled himself in the obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. And the eventual outcome is that he's been given the name above all others, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And most of us will be aware of the logic of Jesus not only being, a, you know, he can't just be a great teacher. Um, you know, he was very explicit about calling himself the son of God, claiming to be that equality with, with, with God um, as well as being fully human. So he was either deluded in his claims or he was lying in his claims or he actually was who he said he was. 
And um, as I was preparing, there was another kind of thought that came across. If Jesus wasn't God's son, if he was just another random human that God chose, that's not a very just thing for God to do, to just choose a human to go to the cross for our salvation. And I'll, I'll throw that one out there to you. Um, you know, that we call God's very nature as a loving God into question. So Jesus had to be more than human. But then, okay, so how do the temptations, what, what do the, the temptations tell us about Jesus being God's son? And so the passage for today, Matthew three, seventeen is Jesus' baptism. So a voice came from heaven saying, this is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Next slide. Yep. When the devil, then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. I think it's nice. The angels came and took care of him. He didn't have to throw himself down from whatever for the angels to come and take care. So I know it sounds silly, but I'd never really clocked that chapter four follows on from 317. You know, um, God is saying, this is my dearly beloved son. And then the light of what follows, the tempter immediately says, if you are God's son. So it's all about identity, isn't it? How often when we feel called to something, you know, there's a new ministry, a new thing, the doubts come in straight after, those voices in our head. Is this really who you are? Is this really what you're called to do? Are you really up to the task? And sometimes we are tempted to work harder or do more in order to prove that we are up to the task. But Jesus doesn't do this. The, the, the tempter says, if you are the son of God, Jesus is secure in his identity as God's son and doesn't see the need to prove it by giving in to the temptations. So if you think about um, Matthew was written for a Jewish audience, okay? And they would have been very familiar with the creation narrative. So remember, this is the why. These, this is, these are put there to say, point towards Jesus being the son of God and the three temptations that Jesus experienced actually have very interesting echoes from Adam and Eve's temptation so we'll do a little bit of compare and contrast so if you remember Claire talked about um, this um, uh, a few weeks ago we, we spoke from Genesis 3 and uh, the tempter came to Adam and Eve twisted God's word 
for his own ends and sowed the seeds of doubt. And this temptation succeeded on three levels, as Genesis 3, 6 tells us. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her. So the Genesis temptations were around focusing on our physical needs to satisfy us, wanting more than what God's already given us. The tree was good for food. Then it was also about focusing on that outward appearance, that tendency towards the spectacular. The tree was a delight to the eyes. It must have looked fantastic. I'd never really thought of that before. And then putting ourselves on level with God, wanting his power without submitting to his authority. The tree was desirable for wisdom. And the temptations of Jesus actually are similar. There's parallels there. So if we go on to that, the physical needs you know, turn these stones into bread. Now, if I try and fast for a morning, it's a real achievement, and, uh, you know, I can't wait for lunch. So to fast for 40 days would have taken tremendous physical, mental stamina. But Jesus had his priorities right. He was satisfied by what God provides for us on physical and spiritual levels. The second one about doing big showy things to prove the existence of God. And I'm sure you can think of examples where it's kind of like, we need to do the spectacular or, you know, there's so much from the front, this spectacular stuff about, you know, God's there. So like um, for Jesus throwing himself off a high point and having angels catch you. But this is testing God, whereas we are to trust God and his methods of working in our lives and in the world and Jesus' life and in the world. Jesus is clear, he would do things God's way and not put God to the test. And then thirdly, around achieving authority and status. It feels good to have people look up to you, put you on a pedestal, even if you're doing it in God's name. But we're called to humility and for our lives to be pointing towards God. And Jesus' priorities are clear. Worship the Lord your God only. Put, don't put yourself on a pedestal. So, so what? So later on in the New Testament... Jesus is called the second Adam, okay? So where Adam, the man, failed, Jesus, God's son, came to restore. And so those, those parallels, it, it kind of shows us, and I'm glad people are nodding. <laughs> so yes, okay, good. Um, Jesus overcame those temptations where Adam fails, and that points towards Jesus as the son of God, as the second Adam, the one who can also ultimately overcome sin and death and enable us to have life in his name. And just on a practical note, for those of us who are tempted, I'm going to leave you with the wonderful words of encouragement from Hebrews 4 as we move into communion. And Catherine, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you. So since then, we have a great high priest who has entered heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and find grace to help us when we need it most. Amen.